Hello, I'm John Stanford, Acting Technical Director of the International Public Sector Accounting Standards Board, welcoming you to the latest IPSASB podcast. The IPSASB's finished its meeting held from December the 8th to December the 11th, 2015 in Toronto, Canada. On behalf of the IPSASB, I'd like to thank CPA Canada for allowing the IPSASB to use its new conference facilities. Joining me is current IPSASB Chair Andreas Bergman, the next IPSASB Chair Ian Carruthers, and my IPSASB staff colleagues Paul Mason and Joao Ronseca, who will discuss key developments from this week's meeting. Thanks to all of you for participating and welcome. This was a sad meeting, but also a meeting of celebration. It was Andreas's last meeting of chair, and also the last meeting of three other members. Juan Salomar Juan Solomon, Tim Youngbury, and Mariano de More. All have made great contributions to the IPSASB over recent years. I'd like to turn to Andreas first. Andreas, could you give us a few initial remarks of how you think the, the meeting went? Thank you, John. Uh, f- firstly, I really want to thank also the three departing board members, Juan Selama, Mariana Damore, and Tim Youngbury, uh, for their great contribution to the work over the last three years in the case of Juan Selama and over the last six years in the case of Mariana Damore and Tim Youngbury. Uh, it was really a tremendous work they had done and uh, please remember all of our members are volunteers so it was all volunteers work uh, we had experience so thank you very much Juan Selama, Mariano and Tim. Now more on the technical agenda uh, we have approved three exposure drafts uh, one on public sector combinations another one on employee benefits and uh, finally also one on the cash basis standard. Uh, then we have also approved a project brief about uh, the update of IPSAS 28 to 30 based on the more recent pronouncements of the ISB, in particular IFRS 9. Finally, uh, we had a very extensive and comprehensive discussion uh, about uh, revenue and non-exchange transactions. So that's one of our more recent projects, uh, which is right now at the research phase. Uh, and we had a very good discussion about those topics. Finally, let me make uh, some remarks about governance. Uh, As you know, uh, we have made great progress by implementing new governance arrangements throughout this year, starting off in March uh, with the first meeting of the Public Interest Committee, and then moving on with, uh, obviously, uh, some work on our technical documents, which we also agreed on at this meeting. But more importantly, uh, we have recently announced the formation of a consultative advisory group, in short CAC. Uh, We have also had the pleasure that we found an inaugural chair, uh, Thomas Müller-Markesberger, who will uh, basically build up that group and uh, bring them into effect. Uh, At the same time, we have issued a call for nominations uh, for other CAC members and that is due by February 19th, 2016. Thank you, Andreas. Public sector combinations has been one of our more complex projects. I'm going to turn to IPSASB staff member Paul Mason and ask Paul to tell us a little bit more about the ED that was approved at this meeting. 
Thank you, John. The main difficulty the board has had has been on the approach to classification, but this was in the main resolved at its September 2015 meeting when it agreed to adopt a rebuttable presumption approach. Under that approach, if no party gains control, then the combination is an amalgamation, but if one party does gain control, then you look at other factors, such as consideration and decision-making, to decide whether the combination is an acquisition or an amalgamation. The key issue to be resolved at this meeting was how to treat the objectives of financial reporting and the qualitative characteristics, and the Board agreed that whilst these would always inform the overall discussion and decision, they should only be referred to specifically in exceptional circumstances. The other issue that the Board debated at this meeting was the opening surplus or deficit or the residual amount in an amalgamation. And the Board agreed that assets and liabilities would be carried forward at their carrying amounts, but that the entries to net assets and equity would all form part of the residual amount. There are also quite a lot of changes to other standards in the ED, in particular goodwill and the intangible assets standards. The impairment of goodwill is in IPSAS 26. And as John has mentioned, the ED was approved unanimously. The ED is expected to be issued in January 2016 with the comment period running until June 30th. Finally, it's been a long, complex project, so it's fitting that it's been approved in Andreas's last meeting. Thanks, Paul. That's really excellent news. One of the challenges for the IPSASB is to ensure that our current literature remains up to date, particularly where it's primarily drawn from international financial reporting standards. I'm going to ask Jao von Seker, who's making his podcast debut, to discuss employee benefits, which was also approved as an exposure draft at this meeting. Can you highlight the main proposals, Zhao, please? Yes, uh, John, thank you. The IPSASB approved the exposure draft 59 amendments to IPSAS 25 employee benefits. The exposure draft will be issued in January 2016 for a consultation period of uh, three months. Uh, this is a limited scope convergence project with IS-19 employee benefits, as John said, and uh, reflects changes to IS-19 since IPSAS 25 was approved. The most important uh, proposed amendments are eliminating an option that allowed an entity to defer the recognition of changes in the net defined benefit liability, also known as the corridor approach, Second, the introduction of the net interest approach. And finally, uh, amending some of the disclosure requirements for defined benefit plans and multi-employer plans. And with this brief summary, I'll pass on to John. Andreas, back to you. The third ED approved at this meeting proposes limited changes to IPSASB's cash basis IPSAS. Can you tell us a little bit about the background to these changes and the nature of the proposals? Thank you, John. The cash basis IPSAS has been issued in 2003. Uh, about uh, seven or eight years later, we did a review, and this review resulted uh, in clarifying that not many jurisdictions actually adopt this standard, and this is because of uh, some technical difficulties. 
the standard requires full consolidation and it also requires quite extensive disclosure of external assistance. Based on that review, uh, we decided uh, to improve that standard and uh, move those requirements to the encouraged part rather than to the required part. Uh, we also used the opportunity to do some housekeeping and to uh, eliminate some glitches and some difficulties in the wording of the standard. We also used the opportunity to clarify that the cash basis standard is only a stepping stone on the way to full accrual adoption. So it is not an objective on its own to implement the cash basis ipsis. Thank you, Andreas. I know I speak for the Ipsasby members, technical advisors, staff and stakeholders when I say that your term as Ipsasby chair has left a huge and lasting impact on public sector financial management. We are extremely grateful for your service and we wish you all the best in your future endeavours. I'd like to ask you to say a few final words and also to introduce Ian Carruthers to listeners. Thank you very much, John. Uh, I have to emphasize it was my privilege to work with such a competent board, such competent technical advisors, observers and staff. It was truly a team effort to achieve what we have achieved and uh, I'm really happy uh, to be part of that. Obviously, my successor Ian Carruthers has also been part of much of it as a member. And this makes me very confident uh, that uh, we are really seeing an evolution uh, based on the experience we had over the last six years. Uh, I'm also very confident that Ian Carruthers is a very competent successor. Ian Carruthers has a long experience in the public sector, but also in the accounting profession in the UK and internationally. So this makes me uh, very happy to hand over to Ian Carruthers now. Thank you, Andreas. I'm honoured to be taking on the chairmanship at this point in time, and I would like to just echo John's words in paying tribute to your work as a member of the board and as chairman for the last six years. I think there's no doubt that the key achievement of your chairmanship has been the completion of the conceptual framework. And I'm very pleased that we will be able to start to use the conceptual framework during my term as chair to address some of the key public sector reporting issues uh, that face our constituents. We've already started to use the conceptual framework in the social benefits consultation paper on which comments close fairly shortly. And during next year, I look forward to us being able to issue uh, consultation papers on topics such as heritage assets and also revenue and non-exchange expenses. I think these will be very important projects and I'm very excited to, that we can take these forward during my term as chairmanship and I look forward to taking the chair at my first meeting which will be in March in New York. This concludes the December 2015 edition of the Ipsasby Audio Podcast. I'd like to thank all the participants in today's podcast and also thank you, our listeners. The next Ipsasby meeting, as Ian's indicated, will be from March the 8th to 11th, 2016, in New York City. Meetings of the Ipsasby are open and members of the public may register to join the public gallery. Please register as early as possible 
for public gallery status for March 2016, as registration closes one week prior to the start of the meeting. More information is available at www.ipsasb.org. All audio podcast meeting highlights are available in the meetings section of the Ipsasby website, and listeners can find us on iTunes by searching for IFAC Accountancy Podcast. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>